Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. (laughs) It is our Halloween edition this year for October 2022. And with me as always is my good buddy, Eddie Guevara. And special guest today, we have Michael Mesmer. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween, guys. What's up? What's new? Happy Halloween, brother. All right, man. We got a, a lot to get to today. We got some cool stuff to, uh, to get into this Halloween season. But right now, I want to turn it over to Michael and uh, see what's new with him. So, Mike, what's up? Hey, you know, I am super busy, as you can imagine, during this season, uh, being a magician, a hypnotist, and all of that. So, um, right now, I'm uh, actually performing at the Rubidoux Oktoberfest out here in Southern California, doing my transnosis comedy hypnosis shows and street hypnosis. And then I'm also working this coming weekend at the uh, Tom's Farms Amusement Park right here in Southern California as well, doing my uh, a magic nation magic show for the families for the you know holiday for Halloween. And then um, I'm in the midst of still editing my uh, ghost transfer hypnosis among the spirits book, which has been, we've been working on this for almost a year and a half with the publishers and we're getting closer as we speak. Um, and other than that, um, just having a great week and really excited to be with you guys today. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, what do you got planned for Halloween this year? Anything uh, special or spectacular? You know, I, I do a lot for Halloween. Uh, I'm going with a good friend to Knott's Halloween Hunt at Knott's Berry Farm uh, on Thursday. And I will tell you that I have performed at the hunt uh, several years. In fact, I was the first Freddy Krueger ever at Knott's Berry for their <laughs> Halloween hunt. Um, many, many years back in the 80s, they produced some sh- a show at the park and they were casting it and they cast me as Fred Krueger. And I did it the f- two years in a row, actually. The second year with some uh, really cool uh, stuntmen from Universal Studios and I slayed them and we had explosions. It was really awesome. And then I performed there with my hypnosis show several years. And uh, so I, it's kind of a thing in my family, but I will tell you, a lot of people don't know, but Knott's was the first Halloween haunt in a park amusement park ever uh and now it's it's so popular now but it was started way way back in uh the 70s late 70s i believe and um it was uh started by an entertainment buyer of mine who used to be the entertainment uh director there at the park and he got with chuck jones the magician chuck jones the magic man in la he used to have a tv series they put some illusions out in the park and they got seymour larry vincent seymour to host movies in the john wayne theater which is what it was called at that time there and so he would be on stage and he would host them like you would live like you would see him on a saturday night his saturday night show here in la sort of like you sven Gulli now you know and so um that was the first real haunt and you didn't even have to pay to get in it was just one of those things you just there was no admission in those days you paid for the ride separately but that was the first halloween haunt ever at any amusement park in the whole united states Wow, that's really cool. And so they do this every year then? They they put on a, a, a nice big event there? Yeah, you know, used, used to be they had Elvira for many, many years in the main theater. Oh, that would be cool. And she was fantastic and singing and dancing and all that. Um, she's since not doing that uh, at this year anyway. But um, they have su- her souvenirs there still in the shops. But they have um, the Jim Henson Company do a 
puppet show that's sort of a Halloween scary puppet show in the theater now. But they have these mazes that are amazing. In fact, they have the Mesmer maze this year, which is all, <laughs> yeah, nice. it's, all, it's really cool. It's all based around hypnosis and there, it's, there's creatures in it, but there's about, uh, I think there's nine or 10 mazes and they're really extensive and really amazing. And of course, as I say, they're the granddaddy of all the Halloween horror things at amusement parks. So they're really experienced. And uh, it's just a great event. Like we'll be going to the buffet before we go in, because if you go to the buffet, then you get to go in a half hour early, which is cool. And they have monsters that sit and eat with you at the buffet. And it's really oh, cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I wish we had some stuff like that around here uh, where I'm at in Ohio, but I guess my, my new Halloween tradition, you know, getting ready for Halloween is monster bash since they, oh, they now yeah. have one in October. So that was kind of like my, my big you know spring towards the holiday and then i i kind of do my own stuff around here but yeah we don't really have too much you know around here like that some of the uh amusement parks they do like a um a horror ween type theme but you know over the years there's been so many fights and shootings at them that it's it's not worth going to so it's kind of you know you got to do your own little thing which is cool you know because i i rather you know sit around and you know, watch some old monster movies Yes, and, you know, read some of my old magazines. And, you know, hopefully this year I have a vacation day for Halloween, which I, I put in for it. I hopefully I get it because I plan on just all day watching old scary movies. And then uh, our trick or treaters come from five to seven. So, you know, I'll pass out candy. I hopefully get to see my nieces, you know, in their costume. I think one's going as a sloth. And one as a raccoon, and I was I was teasing them, trying to say it's like, so you guys are going as a zombie sloth and a zombie raccoon. Yes. And like, no, Uncle Joe, just a regular. Oh, <laughs> you know, they're, wow. they're they're five and six years old, so you know they're still in that. You know, they want to be in those cute little costume phases. I, I said, man, may, hopefully in a few years we could get them into to something spooky. So, well, I you know I rarely take work on Halloween because I deck my house out. In fact, I'm sitting here on the balcony of Chateau Mesmer right now. And I'm looking at my decorations on the balcony. I have skulls and I have things hanging and I have monsters. And they've been out for it since since uh, November, uh, October 1st. Uh, but I'll be enhancing that on Halloween with graveyards and all of that. And um, so and then, of course, I dress up and I make people scream running into the streets. So I love to do that. And I love monster makeups and all that. So but this year I'm going to go a little a little different because I've always wanted to do uh michael myers and you know i never do it because i'm not a big fan of masks as an adult i love to wear really do appliances and cool makeups you know and 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 all that but i always want to do michael myers so i thought you know with halloween ends coming came in, coming out this time i thought i'm gonna do it this year so i'm I actually hand painted the mask a little more cool and uh anyway so that's what i'll be doing michael myers and i have crazy stuff going on here um but i will say that i performed at the um how at a halloween haunt at castle amusement park in riverside california which still goes through this weekend so uh, i have been doing amusement parks and haunts this year that, that's really cool you know for halloween the only thing i really decorate is my my outside is i have to <laughs> put up my pumpkins and my blow molds i don't really decorate inside because I have stuff up year round. That's pretty much well, me all too. Like, me you too. Know, universal monster stuff and skulls. And so I don't really, the only time I really take that stuff down is during uh, Christmas when I, 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 my house looks like it threw up a Christmas catalog, you know, cause I, I, <laughs> I love putting up Christmas stuff. So I, I, I take down 
you know, 80% of my, my monster stuff, but I, I still do leave some stuff up, but yeah, year round it's up. So usually the, uh, the outside is the only part that changes for me during Halloween. Yeah. I, I've got a full, I've got a seance room in my parlor, which is the room that you go into when you enter the house. And uh, in that room, I have a full size mummy up year round, a sarcophagus. I have um, magic apparatus, the old magic apparatus. I have my seance table. I have, you know, skulls, all that. But during Christmas, what I do is I put, a candy cane in the mummy's hands and i you know i put <laughs> nice all that stuff but but yeah i do have that up year round uh and uh but but i i love decorate for halloween i just love it now you had mentioned uh the movie halloween ends did you have a chance to watch it yet i did go to it um opening weekend um i've i've been a fan of halloween for a long time there's been hit and misses as you know joe and and yeah. through the years um and um, I have to say, um, if you're asking me my thinking on the film or my review, um, I, I think that it was very well written, good acting in it. The production values were good. Unfortunately, they veered off into a sub story with this guy named Corey, who then becomes sort of like Michael Myers, but not really. And I think using the last you know, two hours of Halloween, well, of course, it won't be the last. He'll be back. They make money. It's going to be more. Oh, but, yeah, but I just won't have Jamie Lee Curtis. But but the thing is that by using that last finale of that trilogy to create a new person that ends up ultimately, spoiler here, turn off your ears if you don't want to hear it, ends up not surviving the movie. And then Michael at the end, it, it's, it was a cheat, I think, because... You know I, I wanted to, to ask you, that's one of the things I wanted, wanted to ask you about. And you know, it almost, to me, it seemed like there was one writer who did, you know, the first hour and a half of the movie. And then they're like, well, we're going to get in this second writer and, you know, don't read any of the first script. But, you know, here's a little bit of it and then do it because I, I was really confused. I thought they were going in a, in a kind of a cool direction. You know, Michael seemed like he was, you know, and spoiler alert for anybody out there who hasn't seen it, you know, turn it off now. But you know when Michael was in the uh, the sewer, it kind of seemed like he was he was dying a little yes. bit, and that this kid was helping him bring bodies that was kind of rejuvenating him. Yes, and it was almost like this guy was like his protege. You know, this was going to be the new Michael Myers or you know his his helper, and I, I thought that was an interesting direction they were going, and then it, it just the the. It, the kid died and then it was, you know, Michael Myers and then a real quick ending and that was it. And I'm like sitting there going, okay, what the heck just happened? Yeah. And, and after all the years of Michael being indestructible, then all of a sudden Jamie Lee and her daughter can put him on a table and, and, and wipe him out instantly. It just, it was a cheat. It wasn't, it, it was, but again, yeah. but again uh, I thought it was very well written, well acted production yeah. values were good. It was directed well, but it wasn't the right story. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't if it, they either should have went the protege route where, you know, Michael dies, his kid takes over. He's the new boogeyman. Yes. Or the film should have had more Michael Myers in it. It's just one or the other. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. like I didn't like the ending with the whole funeral procession with him. I guess they thought that would be sort of uh, a thing for the fans that you know, they're putting importance on it. But but I would have rather them use that time and all the rest of the film to make Michael have his final moment, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone out there, cause I'm a huge Halloween fan as well. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed majority of the, uh, the films, but most of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they are going to keep doing uh, Halloween films. It's just not going to have Jamie Lee Curtis, John Carpenter or Blumhouse. Uh, right. None of them will be 
uh, involved with it. So yeah, it will go a different direction. You'll probably just, it's a, like you said, it's a money maker. They're going to keep right. doing it. Look, they've done, you know, the Friday the Thirteenth films, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and all those. It's a money maker. He's a cultural icon. You know, of the horror industry. There's no way you you can't stop it. But however, no. those those three big shots of the the that uh, franchise, they won't be involved anymore. So. Well, and you know, the thing is, there was so much confusion through the years with it, as you know, because they had one route they went, then they went with Season of the Witch, then they went, you know, from there. And then, of course, even when they jumped in the Rod Zombie years, the two that he did, which were visually interesting and everything, but very intensely bloody and all that. Right. And then and then when they jumped back into retroing it back to the first film and sequeling it with the, these three, it's just been a very confusing trip. But, you know, because Michael Myers is such a powerful personality and iconic, as you say, well, he holds it all together. Whatever movie he's in, it makes it Halloween regardless. Right. You know, and and aside from the first, the original Halloween film, I think number three, The Season of the Witch is my other favorite. I I really like the direction that Carpenter was trying to go. And I kind of wish he would have done a little bit more of that, you know, of these these side Halloween stories. Yes, and I think that's, you know, from reading some um, interviews that that's kind of the direction that he was looking at going, but they ended up bringing it back to Michael Myers. And um, I, I think they could have kind of done, you know, both of those along they the way. They could have done both. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, hopefully. But we'll I, again, I would I would not tell people not to go to this film. I mean, like I say, it's well done. It's right. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I, and don't, I think, expect, don't expect it to be your all time favorite, you know, Halloween film. Right, yeah, and I tell you what, the acting w- was very good in it. Very the, good. The the actor who played uh, Michael's protege, uh, what was his name again? Uh, I can't remember. In, in the what was his name in the movie? Corey. Corey, yeah, that that guy was a great actor. I tell you what, he was um, he was very convincing that you know you just seen this evil growing in him, and it's kind of like him and Michael fed off of each other. And uh, I, I, like I said, I liked the direction they were trying to go, and then it yes. just. It, it just went totally different, but you know, we could harp on that all day and, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on, on that movie. And yeah, like I said, Pete, like you said, and people out there it should definitely see it. It is a good movie. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, it's a staple in the franchise. It's the final one for, you know, th- this legacy of, of Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis and with Blumhouse. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. It, it's oh, yeah. a great movie and I, uh, you know, stay tuned because I'm, there will be more down the road. So uh, with that being said, Eddie, what's new over at House of the Unusual? What is not new in my area? (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of action going on, a lot of action. Uh, People can hear my voice. Uh, Some of the dust in my storage facility and units and stuff have given me what they call the seasonal asthma, you know. (laughs) But anyway, that's because I I like the Halloween deep voice, you know, for the monsters. There you go. But what I was going to say, you know, it's kind of funny when we're talking about all this stuff. I thought it was hilarious when I'm looking at the other day, and I think it was Instagram or TikTok. Some lady's trying to steal a 10-foot skeleton in her car. And apparently oh. she sold it. She drives off with the skeleton. But she's trying to shove it in the back of the car, and it's not fitting, you know? <laughs> it, it, the video went viral. I thought that was funny. And then another thing that I found interesting is I spoke earlier with uh, – with Mike, and I guess the the best way to take this story off would be uh, starting from Joe, his uh, segment, and then uh, Mike saying what's new and, and, and up with Ben Cooper. But just recently, about a month ago, I received 
an original Superman costume of Ben Cooper that I was able to get at a decent price on eBay. Now, I don't know what my original is. I think I lost it in the fire because obviously, um, you know, I did have a fire in 95. But the new costume, it's basically the same one I had. The only thing is that I used to have the red mask that came with it. And this one, for some reason, has a white mask. You know, the one that looked like Robin. I never understood why Superman had a Robin mask, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way they did them. Yeah, Ben Ben Cooper was definitely. I remember so many of those those costumes being young, and I always hated that rubber band in the back. It always aggravated my head. But those costumes were were so cool, man. And to this day, if I see a Ben Cooper costume, you know, at a flea market or a show or something, I have to pick it up. You know, it's they're just fantastic. And and I know you guys, you guys have grown up with those those costumes as well, correct? Oh yeah. Do you remember when they added the part where you can move the bottom of the mouth? Oh yeah. Yeah. With two little rubber, a rubber yeah. band on each side. Yeah. That was so awesome. I mean, that was like totally revolutionary because it was so <laughs> cool because you had this static mask for when you're little and then all of a sudden you could move your ma- mouth and go ah, rah, rah, and make noises. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know uh, technology of the day. <laughs> and you know, before the glow in the dark, they had glitter on them. Remember the glitter on the front? Oh and everything? yes. It's horrible. That was horrible, man. Yeah. Over you. Yeah, but it, it was cool looking, though. It was. Uh, but you know what I was also going to say and bring up before I is that I've been working for the last three weeks. I've been putting up uh, reviews. Uh, I call it Eddie's Deep Dives. And, and again, I apologize for last week's review uh, because I was testing green screen and it didn't come out that great. But I had to put it on because I still did review the product. Uh, so content is more important than looks in, the, in that video. But um, I want to tell you guys out there that if you, uh, another thing that, you know, another of the new things that have come is they added us to Amazon Music and they added the podcast, I believe, to iRadio. Wow. It's in the process of being added there. So that's going to make it uh, nine platforms. Um, So we can be heard everywhere. And and that's very interesting because it's getting better as time goes on. Uh, But most importantly also is uh, when, you know, talking about Ben Cooper and stuff, and like I said, I didn't understand the reason they would have a red mask for the <laughs> yeah. costume. And I always, the only thing as a kid that I kind of didn't like was that I didn't have a pair of boxer shorts, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would always say, why do they have the S and nothing else, you know? <laughs> True. And the funny thing, in the early 1950s, the original Ben Cooper one that was sold in the comics that now goes some between 50 to $500, that one had a, a pair of shorts, which is really interesting how they changed it when it went into the plastic. But one thing I'm going to tell you guys, and I know, Mike, you're going to exactly. I, I'm sure, Joe, you might have come across it, but I'm not too sure. But when you used to open those costumes, the smell of the plastic was phenomenal. Oh, yes. I, I, I love that smell. And when I do come across anything today that has that smell, I just open it up and just absorb it all the way. <laughs> That's how come you can't talk right now, right? You've been sniffing boxes. Yeah, you've been oh sniffing God. Ben Coopers. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, to be honest, though. I went into the storage, and I was there probably about seven, eight hours. And I noticed my throat was kind of like scratching, you know? Yeah. And next day, I have like an asthma thing. Not an asthma attack, but I got asthma where it changed my voice, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway, that's part of they call go with the flow, you know. Oh yeah, and you know we're talking about about Ben Cooper uh, costumes out there. So I got a special treat for everybody out there. 
is uh, I am going to give you guys the the history of Ben Cooper costumes, which Eddie and uh, Mike, I'm sure you guys know, but there's a lot of our listeners out there that, you know, are younger may might never have heard of Ben Cooper. Yes. Not aware of the history. So I've got a, a article I wrote for uh scary monsters magazine. Number one ten. This is back from uh, 2018. And this is actually my first article for them. Wow. It's, on the, it's on the history of Ben Cooper, but you know, it is I read for- that article by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> And I tell you what, it's it's four years old, so there's there's a lot that's been going on with Ben Cooper in between. And Mike, you would you said you're uh, pretty much up on what's going on new with Ben Cooper, correct? Well, I not necessarily, but I'll tell you when you get done with your part, I'll I'll bring in what I was what I was going to say. Okay, great. So let's get into the uh, the article here, and I'm going to read it verbatim, uh, the same way the article uh, was submitted to the editor. And of course, you know they they changed you know a few right. words here and there. But I'm going to read the article here. There is some good information on uh, Ben Cooper costumes, how they begin and uh, where they finished off. Cool. So, without further ado, <laughs> we get into the uh, the article here. So, Halloween, the time of diabolical decorations, creepy costumes, and the prospect of gaining mounds of candy after trudging through the neighborhood, going door to door, spreading your warning, trick or treat. Sure, we love the jack-o'-lanterns carved to intimidate our young soul, the black cat stalking the yards, and even the occasional witch riding her broom laughing through the night. But nothing could scare us away from the one goal we had in mind, candy. And the only way we could achieve this objective was to put on a costume, go outside, and face the sterility of monsters and mayhem. Of course, we couldn't go door-to-door asking for the goodies and just our plain everyday clothes. We need to to look scary and cool. Our Halloween costume was an extension of ourselves, and we wanted to emulate these monsters, superheroes, and fantasy characters any way possible. For some, before the commercialization of costumes became uh, commonplace, or before we could afford such luxuries, our imaginations had to lend a helping hand. Gauze could change us into a decrepit old mummy, awakened after a thousand years of slumber, now looking for free candy in an unknown neighborhood. Black clothes and white makeup transformed us into a lurking skeleton. Green makeup and tattered clothes converted us from a living being into the terrible Frankenstein's monster. And a black trash bag or dark towel made us an unstoppable vampire just waiting for the sun to go down. Our imaginations ran wild at the thought of what we could become and how much candy could be gained by the end of the night. Halloween costumes were an important part of our childhood, especially around the Halloween season. But for most of us monster kids, it occurred year-round. Two men, Ben and Nathan Cooper, realized the importance of this cherished childhood, cherished holiday and how much it meant to us kids, and how they can capitalize off the market offering more than just witches, skeletons, and ghost costumes. Born on the Lower East Side of New York in 1906, Ben Cooper spent his early years studying, accounting, and later songwriting before becoming interested in costume design. In 1927, Cooper started his costume company by creating theatrical apparel for the Cotton Club and the Ziegfeld Follies. Ten years later, in 1937, along with his brother, Nathan Nat Cooper, the two began to focus on children's costumes and created the Ben Cooper Incorporated Company. 
During the time, several small companies were putting out generic ghost, goblin, skeleton, and witch costumes, many of which didn't compete with the homemade costumes that kids were making with objects around their house. Ben and Nat quickly saw the need for well-crafted yet affordable costumes that took advantage of the pop culture icons of the time. In 1937, Ben Cooper, Inc. acquired A.S. Fishbach, Inc., who held the Walt Disney licenses of several characters. The two companies finally merged on December 8, 1942, with Ben Cooper, Inc. cornering the Halloween costume market and quickly increasing their catalog of goodies. With the acquisition of their Disney license, the company further gathered iconic characters from radio and television, such as Zorro, Davy Crockett, and other popular television show characters of the time. Cooper was even able to obtain the license for a Superman costume from the radio show The Adventures of Superman. In order to stay ahead of the competition and keep parents, and most importantly kids interested in the products, the company created lines such as Creature People, Harry Scary, and Glitter Glow. The Glitter Glow line in particular was produced in an attempt to make the costume more reflective at night with the use of glitter on the fabric. Other costumes caught the attention of kids through their their array of vibrant colors, crazy designs, and popular character resemblance. With the increasing popularity of the designs, Ben Cooper costumes could be found anywhere from JCPenney's to Sears to your local nickel and dime stores. Throughout the 40s and 50s, the costumes were all the rage and sold for under $3, about $32.12 in today's market. With the popular, with the most popular ones being the traditional Halloween characters such as ghosts and witches. Keeping the design simple yet effective with a silkscreen print on a thin piece of fabric kept the costume cost to the minimum. I think a majority of us can remember the thin piece of plastic and horizontal rubber band that made up the mask. Usually after two or three hours, the plastic would be digging into your skin while the moisture from our breath covered the inside plastic with thick condensation. (laughs) And we always kept our fingers crossed that the rubber band didn't break or detach from the single staple on each side. But hey, no matter what the problem was or wasn't, we still love these costumes and came back every year for more. Throughout the 60s and 70s, Ben Cooper began to capitalize on not only the popularity of monsters, but also the comic book and cartoon craze. The company quickly acquired the rights to Marvel and DC characters, as well as licenses to various Hanna-Barbera creations. When the Monsters television show hit the airways in 1964, Cooper began to produce character costumes to emulate the beloved family. However, one of the most popular costumes to come out during these two decades was the Spider-Man costume. In 1954, Cooper produced a novelty costume entitled Spider-Man for the Ben Cooper Spotlight Halloween catalog. The costume was a simple yet effective design of spider webs and a giant black spider on the chest. The mass expanded from the center with Spider-Man printed on the top. The 1959 version changed slightly and was called The Spider. When the Marvel Comics character became a hit in 1963, Ben Cooper produced a licensed character that became one of his most popular to date. Since Ben Cooper, Inc. had the copyright on the name, Marvel had to add a hyphen, something agreed upon between the two companies' legal departments. Due to this agreement, the original box reads Spider-Man, all one word, 
while the costume is printed as Spider-Man, a win-win situation for both companies. Design and production usually begin 8 to 10 months before October in order to ship the costumes in time for Halloween. As popular as the comic book characters and monsters were, Cooper needed to stay ahead of the trends and almost predict what would be popular. Thanks to his acute business and pop culture understanding, this proved to be no problem. After all, he had a pretty big name to live up to. In their October 25th, 1973 edition, the Village Voice newspaper referred to Ben Cooper as the high priest of this ancient celebration. Certainly no pressure was on for the company. When Star Wars was released on May 25th, 1977, the company took a chance at the costumes still being popular with kids in October. They were right. Not only did Star Wars become a huge hit in the costume industry, so did more shocking creatures such as the alien from Ridley Scott's 1979 science fiction horror film, Alien. Ben Cooper, Inc. was, during their time, considered one of the three main costume companies, along with H. Halpern Company, Halco, and Collegeville. Their increasing popularity throughout the decades was indomitable until the Tylenol scare in September 1982. When seven people died after taking Tylenol that had been tampered with, parents throughout the nation were hesitant to let their kids go trick-or-treating the following month. Families worried that if pharmaceuticals could be poisoned, then so could candy intended for children. Not only did the candy industry suffer a devastating loss, so did the sales at Ben Cooper, Inc., that of which was felt for several years. In an attempt to circumvent the slumping sales, Ben Cooper gathered eight other Halloween costume, toy, makeup, and decoration manufacturing companies to form the Halloween Celebration Committee. Formed in 1982, the committee's aim was to make Halloween safe and fun again, not only for the kids, but for the parents as well. So in the 1983 booklet, 13 Great Ways to Celebrate Halloween, was published to garner more attention and awareness to the holiday. Ben Cooper, Inc. recovered from the mass hysteria brought on by the 1982 scare and slowly but surely saw a continuous rise in sales. As more adults began to take interest in Halloween, the company began to produce a higher-end costumes made of cloth. However, this proved to be too expensive and complicated for the company that had for decades, produced thin plastic costumes in a small cardboard box. After inefficiencies plagued the company in the late 80s, which subsequently led to several bankruptcies and other financial troubles, Ben Cooper, Inc. was finally brought and dissolved in 1992 by the Ruby's Costume Company. Ruby's did, however, gain the hundreds of licenses acquired by Ben and Nat over the five-plus decades of business, but the Ben Cooper, Inc. story... Doesn't end there, not by a long shot. In 2016, Nat Cooper's son, Ira, along with his partner, John Miller, and Ira's daughter, Shifra, relaunched the company as Ben Cooper LLC. With Monsters, Star Wars, Disney, and Marvel still dominating the top of the pop culture list, it was only natural for the company to keep with the trend. Not only... Are they selling costumes, but also wall decor, t-shirts, patches, magnets, and other items aimed at the newcomer for, or the nostalgic collector? Artist and designer Micheline Pitt has even created a line of men's and women's shirts, novelty clothing, and costumes based off the classic artwork found on the Ben Cooper's costumes. So that's the article that originally uh, appeared in Scary Monsters. And you know, like I said, it's been four years from there, so... Uh, 
Uh, Michael, what, what do you have to add to that on what's been going on with these Ben Cooper costumes? Well, one of my favorite things to do every year is uh, uh, when I'm on tour, I traveled to this year. I went to seven states, three Canadian provinces with my shows. And one of my favorite things to do is when, as soon as they hit open, I love to go to the Spirit of Halloween stores. And Spirit of Halloween has stores, uh, even though they're all sort of, you know, the same uh, merchandise, each one of them have uniquely different things that they uh, may have in various regions and zones or just in different stores down the street if there's a different spirit of halloween well last night i was perusing a spirit of halloween store because i i love to go and then i love to go to the after halloween sales where you get you know 20 30 50 percent off uh, of items and um i was walking to the checkout and because i had chosen something uh actually universal monsters mug which was really amazing it has all the monsters on it it's a coffee mug um, and they're only $10 and they're fantastic. But I love Universal Monsters, as I know you do, Joe and, and Eddie. Um, but um, when I walk there, just walking in, they have a, like a maze kind of a checkout thing so that, you know, they have sales items like they do anywhere. But, you know, last minute things you can buy as you go through the maze. Um, and lo and behold, there was a display of Ben Cooper costumes. Um, wow. Yeah. Now, what it is, they're not made for kids. They're for adults. Um, and it's composed of a mask and then a poncho type costume that you can wear. Um, so it doesn't go over your whole body. It's not a complete shirt. It's like a poncho. Uh, and they have, well, they have some that existed when we were kids, but some that I think they've just retro designed, but the ones they're offering this year, which are pretty amazing. They have Superman. They have Batman and they're the same face that we remember, the same paint job, the same everything, but designed for a, a adult's face. Um, they have the Flash and then they also have some Star Wars. They have Yoda, which I didn't I don't know if that happened in reality. They have Darth Vader and then they have. A totally different and they're in classic looking boxes too by the way with a uh cellophane front that displays the mask um and the artwork's pretty cool and i think it's taken from the classic costumes and then they also have a gremlins uh gizmo and they have a couple of different ninja trolls i think it was Mich michelangelo and leonardo um so anyway uh i saw them and i was so thrilled i you know and they're only 9.99 a piece by the way which is a great price. Right. Um, and uh, so, but it's a poncho thing so that literally any size you are, you can put the poncho on like the Superman had a removable Cape that went with the poncho also. Um, and maybe the Batman one did too. So anyway, super cool, super awesome. And if you want a little retro fun, if you're having a costume party at your house, you know, have everybody wear Ben Cooper. It would be really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I'm looking at them online and it kind of looks like now that the, um, um, the Ben Cooper, you know, that was restarted by the, the sun was, uh, it looks like it was defunct around 2017, 2018 and, uh, Ruby's two LLC has now, uh, looks like it has now taken it over. So they are producing these, these new costumes, uh, under the Ben Cooper line along with some, some different ones. So that's really cool that they have them uh, available for adults now, because I, you know, it seems a lot of kids now they, they want these real elaborate costumes and it's more of us adults. They're like, we want these, you know, old Ben Cooper costumes. Yes. Rubber band digs into your head and you, you might get scraped up by the, 
the edges of the plastic. Yes, you know, the good old times. <laughs> oh yeah, I used to. I remember around your eyes, it used to hurt because they would they would be sharp there unless you kind of worked on cutting them out a little bit or something. They would really embed in your eyes. But also, yeah, and and the paint jobs on them. When I saw them up close, I was so impressed because they were, of course, better quality than what we had as kids in essence. And um, they have elastic now. I noticed when I was looking at it up close and kind of perusing it, they have elastic now that goes around your head rather than a rubber band. So it's a little more comfortable. But yeah, and the cool thing is, like I say, it can fit any size because it's a poncho. So it's uh, it's it's not a complete costume, but you know, a fun thing to wear if you're just going to go to a costume party or something. You want to be retro. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And I tell you, one of the things I remember from the the Ben Cooper costumes, because we used to have them a lot as a child, and I remember specifically having a G.I. Joe one, and it was just a, a kind of a generic version of it. But it, it would always be the condensation that built up under the mask. And if it was a cool night, man, that made your face so cold. It did. <laughs> oh, and most of the time you would you would be wiping off the inside before you go to a new house. You say trick or treat, get your things, and it would be built up again, and you'd have to wipe it off, or you'd have it on the top of your head. And uh, man, I, those those were great. You know, <laughs> great Joe, good Joe, times. When I, when I was little, yes, they were. You know, Joe, when I was little, I had one that was a Frankenstein ripoff called the Monster. Do you know if that was a Collegeville or if that was a Ben Cooper? Do you know? I believe that there was on both of them. I I want to say I'd have to look at my collection, but I think I have a uh, one of those generic monster ones under uh, Ben Cooper. Ben Cooper. But I, believe, but I believe I saw one under Collegeville as well. Yeah, mine and, was primarily black. The the actual body of it, the costume itself, was primarily black or dark colored. And I have a photo of me in it. But um, in fact, it got printed in Scary Monsters in one of the My Monster Memories issues. But um, I, I always wondered if that was Collegeville or it was Ben Cooper. I, I've just always wondered that. I, if I had to make a guess, I would say both companies would have made something uh, similar to that. You know, a generic you know yeah. monster, especially you know to kind of circumvent the rights to anything. You know, sometimes they would say it's you know a generic monster, but you would kind of look at it and be like, well, that kind of looks like Frankenstein right. a little bit, or you know, a zombie. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking now. I'm I'm seeing that there's actually. Um, Ben Cooper did several that were just called the monster and uh, I'm guessing Collegeville uh, did. So it could well. be either. I'll have to do more research on that. Okay. Yeah. I just, I didn't know. And I, it's always one of, it was always my, I think that out of all the ones I had, that was one of my favorites. I just love that one, you know? Yeah. I'm looking now, it looks like Collegeville did do a few different uh, ones that were just called, you know, like a generic uh, monster and they did some that were, you know, definitely ripoffs of some of the Universal monsters as well. But, um, God, were they just cool costumes? Some of the the color schemes were really, you know, really crazy on them. You had all these neon, you know, uh, greens and reds and yes. oranges. And I always thought that was really cool, man. You know, just the the different schemes that they put on them. Well, I had one too that was called a, I think it was a firebird or something. And as well as with the mouth that moved, you know, and I remember when I, when my parents and I moved from one house to the other, we were moving to a bigger house when I was seven, I wore it in the back of the truck. Cause in those days we just throw everything in the back of the truck and I could ride in the back of the truck. You know, nobody was worried about kids falling out or anything. Right. And I would, I would make faces at people as I drove along the road with this firebird mask. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what's sad is, that you don't see really many well at least in my area and, and i i hate i 
I'll have to preface this by saying, you know, I, I, my area, is, the demographic is, is a lot uh, um, lower income, lower to middle income. So you don't see too many um, like costumes, you know, kids kind of still make do with what they have available to make costumes. And most of the time I'd like seeing that, you know, what these kids are able to to do with their imagination. And, and it, you know, it kills me just looking throughout the years at how kids imaginations have declined you know, with yes. social media, video games, and everything else. Uh, it's not like, you know, we used to do when we were young. I, you know, I remember, like I talked about in the article, using a trash bag and a, and a towel, you know, to be a vampire, you know, or to make a costume. And we use stuff like that, whatever we found around the house. And I still like seeing, you know, when kids use their imaginations to, to develop their own costume, whether it's through, uh, makeup or stuff just found around their house I always find that that's cool too um i i really don't like some of these newer costumes that are just real elaborate and all that i, I agree I, i'm I more agree. old school i like i like the more you know simple and traditional well stuff. i've traditionally always from the beginning except for when i was very little i've always done my own makeup and put together my own costumes and that's why i said for this year i'm a little it's a little hard for me to be to be Michael Myers because you you literally <laughs> literally to be right you have to wear the mask you know so it's it's but it's something I always want to do but I agree with you I I've always uh, if you've seen my articles in Scary Monster you've seen some of the makeup jobs I've done on myself and they're pretty elaborate with you know appliances and everything so but I started out young I always liked to do vampires and all the traditional stuff and with you know I think it was Dick was it Dick Pierce that. Was it Jack Pierce? Jack Pierce. Yeah, that had the book out. And I used to follow his his magazine. You know, the Famous Monsters was kind of that format with him doing, showing you how to do all the mac- makeups. So it was always, for me, that was the thing I did. And I always loved doing it Halloween. Um, but um, like I say, I'm veering off this year a little bit. But anyway. You know, you know uh, when you guys are talking about all the masks and stuff, the thing I remember mostly about Ben Cooper is, it's true. Originally, like the Superman costume, which obviously was my favorite. I had the Spider-Man. I also had the monster one. I think I had the monster, the black one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. But the thing I found it interesting is that the Superman first had the red mask that looked like Robin. And then they put a full face mask later on. By the time the full face mask had, had come out, I was actually past the Hall- you know, Halloween trick-or-treating age. Right. But what I was going to say, though, that I found interesting is the way I think most masks in modern days are made more like for like collectibles reasons than to actually wear. Because I got the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's like an $80 mask that's really, really well done. Yes. It's it's phenomenal. One, I would give it a, tw- a star of 12. You know, and, you know, 1 to 10, I would go 12 on it because it's a phenomenal mask. But yes. I put it on the other day just trying to joke around with my daughter and when i put it on first i couldn't see anything out of it <laughs> okay and then i couldn't get it off my head oh wow Literally, i was like what the heck and when i finally got it off of how tight it was i was choking man i couldn't even breathe oh, wow <laughs> so i said i think the masks today are not meant for actually people wearing them because it's crazy. It's not okay. I understand the Ben Cooper and the, what was the other one back in the day, Joe? Yeah, Ben Cooper and you had the Collegeville. No, no, the ones that used to make the bat mask. The middle. Well, you the know, mask. if we're gonna talk masks, Eddie, we have to talk. And Joe, we have to talk Don Post also. Yeah, no, no. You had Don Post. You had Don Cooper, and then you the mask, the latex cheap mask that were sold in Woolworth. 
were made by I can't be I can't believe I forgot the name of the company right now. It's insane. But I remember uh, those very well. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, but they, it'll it'll come to you. <laughs> they made the Joe. I don't know if you can look it up in the computer, but they made the Teen Wolf. Uh, they made all the masks that come out in Mail Order Mysteries, the book, and and Joe uh, Castillas owns almost all of them. Because you had Ben Cooper, but there was another company that started with an L. Oh my God, this is crazy! Can you find out there, Joe? Yeah, I'll look while we're talking. I'm I don't recall which one that is. Well, maybe maybe you know some while, of while you're looking can. for that. While you're looking for that, Joe, I was going to mention a lot of people out there may not realize that, you know, we talked about Michael Myers a lot during this show, but I'm sure you guys absolutely know. But the mask that was originally Michael Myers was a Don Post mask. They were looking for an inexpensive mask, something they could acquire without having paid too much rights to use for Michael Myers. And a lot of people don't know this, but that but we do. But a lot of people don't that. And so I'll say it that that was the actual original Captain Kirk mask that Don Post had created uh, during of the original Star Trek run back in those days. And he had acquired those rights, I think, after the series folded. And so it was very inexpensive. And so they chose the Captain Kirk mask. So a lot of people don't know, but every time we're looking at Michael Myers, we're looking at William Shatner. And yeah. probably that might be William Shatner's most, what, next to Star Trek, his most iconic role as Michael Myers. Hey, guys, we got about 15 minutes left here, and I want to shift away from uh, masks real quick okay. and get, in, get into another staple of Halloween, and that is the scary movies. Ooh. You know? You know, we all have our scary movies that we, we like to watch year round, but it always seems like during the Halloween season, we really deep dive into those spooky movies. You know, whether we watch them on TV or we pull out our dusty DVD that, you know, we have that one movie that we watch, yeah. you know, just during that time. So, you know, I, I want to ask you guys, what what do you guys really get into during during Halloween? Do you have a special movie or or tv series that you like to watch around this time and eddie we'll start off with you what's your your go-to for this time i usually like watching the monsters and stuff like that and um you know we talk too much about halloween one of my particular uh favorite ones the my favorite is the one where he makes the robot for the school project but there's one there that he uh there's some guy in halloween and tv and he wants to be like the great sword doc or sword whatever the name was of the guy and I actually bought a costume, not a costume, but one of those early 1970s makeup thing that you did. Oh, and I, it, yeah. You look like that. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought that was funny. But I like watching the monsters, and if I can, the Adams Family, and most of the stuff that I like really during Halloween is I start running around all the stores to get the after sales. <laughs> yes. Mike, what about you? What's your uh, what's your go-to movie or TV show during this time of year? Well, uh, we could. There's several, but the ultimate that has to be watched every Halloween night by me and my family is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Awesome, good, good choice, good choice. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic because you got the second time Lugosi ever became and the final time he was ever officially Dracula on film and you've got the incredible Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman and you know what was so amazing about that Joe as you know is it was supposed to be a musical on Broadway and actually Abbott and Costello were going to do it as a musical on Broadway and or a show on Broadway and it ended up being a universal film and in the end probably the film that they're still remembered best for amongst young people that don't know who Abbott and Costello is 
But what a fantastic film. And all the actors, you know, all the everyone in that film was incredible. The guy who played McDougal, everybody. But that is the ultimate Halloween movie because you got all the monsters. You got fun comedy. Any age can watch it. And I just think it's incredible. Yeah, you know, and I just watched that at the uh, the Monster Bash a couple weeks ago again for I don't know the the three thousand yeah. time. <laughs> I tell you what, it, it's so funny and it's God, it's just a great it's a great movie. I love seeing Lugosi again as you know officially Dracula, and it's man, is it, it's cool. You know, it's uh, it, it's a great movie and it, it still holds up to this day to uh, the uh, the comedy and the action and everything. So. Guys, if you're out there and you've never seen this movie, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, definitely check it out this Halloween. Uh, put it on your, your top uh, to-do list or to-watch list because you, I'm telling you, you're going to get hooked. You're going to want to go back back and watch all the uh, the Universal Monster movies yes. as well. I think a lot of us got introduced to the monsters by that movie originally, and then we pursued looking at every single other movie, which are all fabulous too, of course. Yeah, you know what? And my my go to one, and, and it's my favorite scary. It's really my favorite movie of all time, and I sometimes I'll watch it year round, but I really kind of wait to around this time, and that's Dracula from nineteen thirty one. Oh, I love it. That's my favorite too. I, yeah. I that was that would have been my <laughs> other choice. Yeah, you know that that's my absolute favorite, and so I I really try to dig into it this Halloween, and this is the uh, the first year I'm reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. So um, I, I'm reading that, and I'm hopefully going to finish it before Halloween. And right when I finish it, I want to watch the movie. And I, I tell you what, I had a hard time when I first started reading the book because I was kind of comparing it to the 1931 movie, which was a, a, a huge no-no because they're totally different. Yes. And uh, so I had to get that out of my mind a little bit and say, you know, this this book stands on its own and get into it. But I, I can't wait to finish it. It's It's a great book. And then get into the uh, watching the 1931 film again. Now, Joe, Joe, do you have there's you know, there's also two cuts of it, two versions of it that have two different soundtracks in addition to the original soundtrack. Do you have you seen have you seen those? Yes, I do. I have uh, both of those and I'm I'm very partial to the original. I am, too. But it's but for young audiences, I think. Uh, because of the quiet because as you know they made that film so that both it, because it was at the edge of the silent era they wanted it to be able to play as a silent film or as a talkie and so it is very they're very quiet moments which i think are very powerful but i think sometimes with the younger groups of people like my daughter i love she loves the original of course because i brought her up on that but she also likes the philip glass and then there's that other one where they added that very odd soundtrack that was sort of a generic one that Sven has shown. Sven Gulli has shown a couple of times, which I actually videoed his show with that. So I would have a copy, but um, I think young people like to have that soundtrack in there if they're going to watch it. But again, for, for maximum impact, you want to, you want to see the original without, with the original soundtrack. Now, have you, have you had a chance to watch the, uh, the colorized version? No, that's new to me. So if you go on, I think it should still be on YouTube. I believe I put in the uh, in the forum site on House of the Unusual the links to it. Uh, someone did a colorization into it, and they did it in I think ten parts. Wow! Um, but they colorized the film, and it's it's very cool to see it colorized, but it doesn't um, it doesn't add anything to it. I think it kind of takes away 
from the movie. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more in black and white, but it was really cool to see the colorization of it. It's worth seeing at least once if you're a fan of, you know, horror movies, classic movies and, and of Dracula. But um, yeah, I, I for, 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 those black and white. Seen, for those of us that have seen it many times, that was, I'm going to check it out because it's sort of like um, the other big favorite of my daughters and mine for Halloween is non-universal. We love House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. And on Tubi right now, they have both the regular and the colorized version of that film. That's really cool. And um, I'm trying to trying to find it on online here if it's still uh, if it's still on. I know, um, like I said, I, I have the the links up at House of the Unusual. Okay, but there was a there was a guy who did it. I believe it was like ten or twelve parts who did the uh, the colorization. Gotta watch it. You know uh, what really I found interesting is how legendary people like you forgot Top Stone Mask. That's what I was saying. Top Stone. Oh, there. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, the Top Stones were the cheap ones that were sold in Woolworth and stuff like that. And they so had I that believe- monkey face, right? They had like that yeah. monkey face and all that stuff. Yeah, they had that, and that I think is the one that did Top Stone. I think is the one that created the Teen Wolf, the one that was sold by Iron House. Yeah. And that, that mask today does over $1,400 if you get one in good condition. Jeez. Yeah, it's, wow. a, it's probably the most expensive mask out there other than the, if you guys remember that famous one from Famous Monsters, uh, that's supposed to be the most grotesque man ever, mask ever made. What one was that called? <laughs> I uh, don't know. Oh, my God. From Famous Monsters, it says the most grotesque. It has one eyeball popping out. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Uh, what's the name of that uh, title, Joe? Because, you know, Famous Monsters. Was that I Was a Teenage Frankenstein? No, 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 no. That's um, what I was thinking of. Today, oh, today I don't... My memory's killing me. Famous Monsters always ran a small one-inch ad for that face. And that face has become the most sought-after mask and all. And if you go to Mail Order Mysteries and you turn to the... Um, uh, I think it was called the... Um, he has an, a bulging eye. You know, this is bad for listeners out there. <laughs> Professionals forget the names of companies. Um, you, you guys, well, go ahead. Keep yapping. I'll find I, out. I'm trying to think of, of what it is. Me I, too. I almost have like a picture of it, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to go back through some of my old famous monsters. Yes, uh, me too. You know, maybe, maybe our listeners out there could let us know in the forum. That'll be, uh, uh, little quiz for the week for them and um, cool. to let to let us know. And I tell you what, you know, for our Crypt of Classics this week, you know, since it is the Halloween season, I'm, we don't have a specific movie for this week, but, you know, we're going to keep it in the Universal Monster wheelhouse. So, guys, it, it's Halloween. Revisit some of those old uh, Universal Monster movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Mummy, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and, and so on. You know, those are... Those are what started it all for for many people, and what really started the uh, the monster boom, you know, in the 30s and 40s. So, guys, revisit those movies again if you haven't. Dust off your old DVD, revisit one of those if you haven't seen them in a while. You could find them, you know, usually anywhere online, you know, YouTube and all that. You could find them for free on any streaming service. A lot of them have, you know, their Halloween movies up. Yes, and I've been noticing a lot of Universal monster movies are on there. Tubi has them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Tubi is definitely free and has a ton of the Universal Monster movies. Check them out, revisit them, and fall in love with them all over again because it's like 
every time I watch them, I fall in love with monster movies more yes. and more. You know, it, I don't know what it is, but it's just it's just a magical moment. And they're not long movies, hour, hour and 10 minutes. You know, too short for me. I you know sometimes I wish there was a lot more of them to go around. But yes, yeah, definitely check them out and revisit them. So that's our cryptic classics for the week, and hopefully that'll start getting you know everybody out there more into the the Halloween spirit and to uh, to you know get more involved with these classic monster movies. Universal films are like fine wine, although I never drink wine, but they're fine <laughs> wine, so they yeah, get absolutely. better with age. Absolutely, and to think that they're you know like Dracula in 1931 is all, you know, almost a hundred years old, you know, it, show today it's without coming up with it, but it's supposed to be the most grotesque. It's the guy with the bulging eye coming out. I actually sell it in one. And I made a version of it. I don't know. It's not the abomination. It's called the, uh, Oh gosh, this is insane! I cannot remember. Famous. You're gonna have to let it, next show. You're gonna have to tell all of us, Eddie. No, nope. Eddie, is it, is it the shock monster? Shock monster. Yes, the shock monster. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep, shock monster. I actually made it uh, a duplicate. I haven't been selling it in a while, but a few years ago, I came with a shock monster. It was a, it, it was basically printed onto this paper. That when you put it in water, it would transform into a patch of wild flowers. I called it the transforming shock monster. It was a <laughs> phenomenal item. And there was another one that the shock monster itself, uh, it was something I said, if you saw the picture of Dorian Gray and you thought that was crazy, imagine the transforming whatever shock. But the shock monster, the mask of the shock monster I think, uh, I don't know if it was Ray Castillas or one of the people went into an eBay thing and they were selling a bunch of masks and he came across one. He saw it in the background. He got it for like 300 bucks, the whole load of $400. And he had a perfect shock monster. It came with the white hair and I think the black hair. Wow. I think, I'm not sure which of the two is in Famous Monster tells you which of the two, not Famous Monsters, uh, Mail Order Mysteries book tells you which of the two is the most sought after. But if you have one of those, and I had one that I think it's a big lump of, of rubber, but if you have <laughs> one of those in mint condition, you can get excess of $2,000. Jeez. Well, you know, that's like the um, the 1954 Ben Cooper, the Spider-Man uh, costume that's the, uh, you know, just has a spider webs and giant black spider on the chest. There's there's only one of those known to exist, possibly two. And that thing is so sought after. And if you find one, it's worth so much money. It's crazy how all these, these costumes and masks, you know, at the time, you know, we just used them, you know, to go get some candy. And now today we could use them to go buy a house in a car. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I have, know. a I have a Zorro in the original box still. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you, you you know, this is really funny that you're saying that, all you guys, because one thing I'm going to say, especially when you have old costumes like that, is that especially like something like when I said the shock monster, when you get a costume that survives 40, 50 years, that ring is a miracle because of yes. how cheap it was done. But right now, and I Cooper Superman costume from the 1950s, can sell anywhere from fifty to five hundred dollars. The original box. Th that's crazy how much that stuff costs, guys. And hey, we got to wrap it up here. We got less than a minute left, so uh, want to thank everybody out there in podcast land for joining us. 
uh, everybody all over the world. We're, we're in so many different uh, countries right now. It's crazy to think of. Uh, so we want to thank everybody that listens to us, that subscribes to us. If you haven't, please subscribe to our channel. Give us a good review out there. Check us out on YouTube on their House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our, our channel out there. Eddie and Chuck are always putting out some great videos on there of magics and deep dives and a look into all these uh, these collectible items. So you don't want to miss any of those. Believe me, they're absolutely fantastic. Also, check us out at houseoftheunusual.com. We have a free forum site there and a link to our podcast. So you could sign up there, interact with some of us. Uh, and if you want to be a guest on the show, let us know, man. So uh, Eddie, Mike, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we, this was a great conversation. And uh, happy Halloween, guys. Stay safe. And hopefully you guys get a lot of candy. Good night. God bless, guys. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.